Happy New Year. My name's Adam. I'm the discipleship pastor here at, at Pitnaz, and I am kicking off, I'm excited to be kicking off a new series, like, uh, like Pastor Sean mentioned, called Be Generous. It's the best way to live. And basically what we're going to be talking about in the next three weeks is managing our resources, managing the resources that God has given us in a way that honors Him. And we know from the Bible that what honors God is that when we are generous with those resources. In fact, we find uh, these words, a couple of verses say, the godly are generous givers. In other words, in other words it's equating godliness and, and righteousness. If we want to exhibit the character of God in our lives, generosity is part of that. And then it also says in Proverbs, blessed are those who are generous. Blessed are those who are generous. Now, that does not mean that does not mean that God loves us more when we're generous. Can we just start off from the top with that? God does not love us more when we're generous. I don't love my kids more when they, for example, do what I asked them to do the first time, right? I don't love them more, but it sure does bring pleasure to my heart. All the parents say amen. Yeah, I don't love them more, but it definitely pleases me when they do that. Well, in the same way, God doesn't love, he he doesn't love you more when you say, you know what, I'm going to be more generous. And he doesn't love more generous people more than he loves less generous people. He already loves you. If you don't get anything else from this sermon, please hear this. God already loves you as much as he could ever possibly love you. So we're not doing this to talk about how to earn God's love. Really, being generous is more about a response to Him. It's about our love for Him. When we love Him, we want to bring pleasure to His heart. We want to please Him. And the Bible tells us that when we're generous, uh, that's what happens. So I know we all know what, what generous means, but just so that we're all on the same page, if you look up the word generous in the dictionary, here are a few definitions that you'll find. Liberal in giving or sharing unselfish, and giving more than what is expected. So that's what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. When you, when you think about it, all of the resources that God has given us, every single one falls into one of three categories. Our time, our talent, that's your skills, your gifts, things that you're good at, your talents, and then your treasure, That's your finances, your possessions, those tangible things. Every resource that God has given us falls into one of those three categories. And so uh, today we're focusing on time. And by the way, next week, Pastor Sean is going to be preaching on using our talents in a way that's generous. It'll be his first time to preach here at Pitnaz, and so I'm excited about that. You won't want to miss that. But today we're talking about time. Now, I want to do a little experiment this morning. Uh, So I'm going to present you with a scenario, and then I'm going to ask for a show of hands, okay? So let's say that something at your house breaks down, right? The dryer goes out, or the dishwasher goes out, or there's a hole in the sheetrock, or whatever it is. And let's say you know exactly what's wrong, and you know exactly how to fix it. I don't care if you're a man or woman, this is 2019, it doesn't matter, all right? So just go with me on this. You know exactly how to fix it, but you really don't have the time to fix it because you're really, really busy. But you also really don't have the money to pay somebody else to come in and fix it, so you're kind of stuck. And you can't call Uncle Frank to come fix it for free, that's not an option in our scenario, okay? 
So you, you got to find the time to fix it, or you got to find the money to pay somebody else to fix it. Which one would you rather do? Okay, raise your hand. I'm going to read this directly from my notes so I don't confuse myself, okay? Raise your hand if you would rather save the money and find the time to fix it yourself, even though you're really, really busy. Raise your hand if you would rather save the money and find the time to fix it yourself. That's most of you, just like the first service. Okay, now raise your hand confidently, okay? Don't be sheepish. Confidently raise your hand if you would rather save the time and figure out a way to find the money to hire it out. Raise your hand if you'd rather do that. All right, a few more of you than were in the first service, but some of you even were kind of sheepish. There's nothing wrong with that, all right? Don't be ashamed of that. It's just, it's just you're just kind of wired differently. You, in fact, it means that you value different things. What we've said here, basically, you've all, kind of, you've all kind of shared with us what's more valuable to you, your time or your money. And the truth is, in our culture, time is an increasingly valuable resource because we're all too busy Almost all of us are way too busy, and so time becomes a more precious commodity. And I think there is a growing number of people, as we move forward in time, there's a growing number of people who would probably raise their hand and say, man, I am so busy, I don't hardly have time to think straight. I'd rather try to come up with the money and pay somebody to do it so I don't have to. Because time is a valuable resource, and here's why that's important. Here's why that's important. The more value something has to us, the more we want to hold on to it. The more value something has to us, the, the less generous we want to be with it. Try to take away from the child who's trying to go to sleep, try to take their favorite stuffed animal away from them. Try to see how that goes over, right? You can have the one that's on the floor over in the corner. They don't care about that one, but don't you dare try to take the one that they like to sleep with because that has more value to them and they don't want to let go of it. Well, here's the thing. We don't outgrow that. We just swap stuffed animals for things like money and time and job and career. The more value something has to us, the more we want to hold on to it and the less generous we want to be with it. But here's the thing. Here's here's the series clarity for the whole series. God calls us to be generous with all of our resources even and maybe especially the ones that are most valuable to us. God calls us to be generous with all of our resources, even and maybe especially the ones that are most valuable to us, and that includes our time. So let's look at a story from the Bible that talks about spending time. If you want to turn in your Bible or look it up in your Bible at Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. While you're finding that, I want to tell you a story from back when I was a youth pastor. Years and years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, I was a part-time youth pastor, and then I, was also, uh, I also had a full-time job working at a, at a pharmacy. And so I had to go, I was running a little bit late for staff meeting with my pastor, and then right after that, I had to immediately leave and go to my other job. So I, I didn't, you know, if, if, the, if the staff meeting ran long, then I'd be late for my other job, and I didn't want that, so I was kind of in a hurry to get to my staff meeting. And as I was driving down the road, I passed a couple of friends of mine who were stopped on the side of the road. They'd been hauling this mattress in the back of a little truck, and it fell out. And so on my way to my staff meeting, I, I just, I, I, I drove right by. 
And, and I waved as I went by. And they saw it. And I didn't hear the end of it for a while. And I realized later that day that my decision to prioritize staff meeting with my pastor over helping some friends in need put me right square in the middle of the story that we're about to look at, and not in a good way. So here's the story. Luke 10, verse 25. This scholar comes to test Jesus. This expert in in scripture comes to test Jesus, and he says, Hey, t- hey, hey, teacher, they would often call Jesus teacher. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what does scripture say? I mean, after all, this guy was an expert in scripture, right? So he naturally directs his attention to that. And besides, the, the, quest, the answer is always found in scripture, directly or indirectly. The answer is always found there. So Jesus says, well, what does scripture say? And the guy says this. He says, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, right on, brother. Not exactly. But that's basically what he said. He said, you are exactly right. Yes, you got it. I mean, after all, Jesus himself said that very thing. He said, those are the two greatest commandments, in fact. Love God with everything you have, and love your neighbor as yourself. End of conversation, right? Wrong. The Bible tells us this, that this guy wants to, he wants to justify himself for something. Apparently, he's feeling guilty about something. And he says to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Think about what he's asking there. If it's so important that I love my neighbor, well, well who is my neighbor? In other words, who's not my neighbor? In other words, okay, well, who, who do I need to show love to because they're my neighbor? In other words, who do I not need to show love to because they're not my neighbor? That apparently is what the guy was feeling guilty about because that's really the heart of what he's asking here. And so Jesus tells this parable. A parable is just a short story. There was a Jewish man. That's important to know. He was a Jewish man. He's walking down the road, and he gets jumped by some robbers. He gets beat up, robbed, and left for dead. And pretty soon, these two religious leaders, that not at the same time, but one by one, these two religious leaders come by, I guess maybe on their way to a staff meeting, and they pass by on the other side of the road. They don't have the time of day for this guy. They've got places to go. They've got people to see. They don't have the time to give this guy. And then along comes a third guy. And this third guy is this horrible, nasty, rotten, good-for-nothing Samaritan. And the reason I say that is because the Jews and Samaritans, they hated each other. And the Jews looked down their nose at Samaritans and really felt like they were absolutely good-for-nothing people. So Jesus, Jesus kind of flips everything on its head like he often did, and he makes this, this horrible, nasty, good-for-nothing Samaritan the hero of our story, which must have just driven his, his listeners crazy. This Samaritan walks by, and it says this, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds, 
That's time. Going over to him is time. He soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. That's time. He bandaged them. That took time. Then he put the man on his own donkey. That took time. He took him to an inn. That's time. And he took care of him. That's time. And then the story goes on to tell us that, that this man also invested some, some finances, some money into this act of compassion. But today we're talking about what? Time. Say it again with me. Time. That's what we're talking about today. Sometimes it's easier to throw money at something instead of giving our time. That's because our time is an increasingly valuable resource to us. But please note that in our story, this Samaritan invests both. See, here's the thing. This Samaritan wasn't just wandering aimlessly down the road hoping to come across somebody that he could help. This guy also had places to go. He had people to see. He had things to do. But he chose, in an act of compassion, he chose to be generous with his time, rearrange his schedule, and say, no, I'm going to help this guy. And so what Jesus is telling us by telling us this story and the way this all unfolds and this conversation that he's having with this expert in scripture, here's what Jesus is basically telling us. Generously loving people that way pleases God, so go live that way. That's the point of this story. Generously loving people that way pleases God, so go live that way. So if we're going to follow God, if we love him then again, we want to respond to him and we want to do what pleases him. We want to live in in a way that is generous, including with our time. So let's do a little self-reflection. This is New Year's and it's January. It's that time of year. Um, Maybe some of you have already come up with some New Year's resolutions. Maybe maybe you're like me and you don't really you don't really come up with specific New Year's resolutions because you know in you know a couple weeks you're going to break them anyway. I don't know, but at at the very least, we probably all, at least most of us, probably do some kind of self reflection, right? I mean, this is a great time of year to just kind of think about think about yourself and think about your life and what are what are some areas that I can improve? What are some things that that I can do differently? And so I want to I invite us to do that this morning as it relates to how we're spending our time. And uh, we're going to call, usually we call this part of the message like action steps or, or something like that. Uh, we're going to call this, excuse me, do you have the time? I need a little cup of tea with my pinky out. Excuse me, do you have the time? All right, here's the thing though. When I think about that, that expression, do you have the time? And I think about my own use of time, and I think about how often I say, I don't have the time. I don't have time to do this. I realize a a difficult truth. I don't have any less time than anybody else. Every person in this room, every person watching online, every person on the planet has the exact same number of minutes in hours, in the day, and in the week. We all have the exact same amount of time. Somebody pointed out to me after first service today, that's the one resource that, that doesn't care, God doesn't care who you are, doesn't, your gender doesn't matter, your economic status doesn't matter, that's the one resource that is distributed to every single one of us equally. We all have the same number of minutes and hours in a day. 
And so when we say, when I say, I don't have time for this over here, I have time. What I'm really saying is, I'm not, I'm not going to make time for this. Because if I make time for this, then, then I'm not going to have time for this. See, one of the most valuable lessons we can teach our kids and one of the most valuable lessons we can learn as adults is that every time you say yes to one thing, you're going to have to say no to something else. That's true in everything. It's true in finances. When you say yes to spending money on this, you're going to have to say no to spending money on that. What gets us into trouble is when we don't do that and we try to spend money on all of it. Right? When, when, Sarah, when Sarah said yes to marrying me, she was saying no to marrying Matthew McConaughey. I, what can I say? I don't know. I mean, that's how it is. You say yes to one thing, you got to say no to something else. You say yes to spending your time here, you got to say no to spending your time here. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a good, sometimes we need to say no to that so that we can say yes to this over here. But sometimes when we say over here, I don't have time for this, what we're really saying is I would rather make time for that over there. And if I say yes to this, then I'll have to say no to that. And I don't want to do that. So can we just kind of start there? We all have the same amount of time. We're not talking about having time. We're talking about making time. So let's call this section instead, excuse me, do you make the time? Do you make the time? I'm going to give you four areas to examine, four areas where you can ask yourself, am I making use of my time in a way that honors God as it pertains to God? Let's start there. I mean, that has to be the starting point. How's your time with God? How's your time spent in prayer, your time spent in the Bible? Because coming here to church and worshiping together as a church family, that's important. And being part of a small group, that's important. But so is your time that you spend one-on-one with God. In fact, that's the most important. And that's why we're putting this first on the list. How's your time with God right now? It's a new year. What a great time to set some new goals for yourself and say, man, I don't know that I'm being generous with God with my time. And I need to do better at spending time with Him. If that's you, if you would say that today, I want to tell you about some resources that we have that can help you do that. On the little tables underneath the offering uh, boxes on those two walls, there's these little cards called soul care cards. Pastor Kyle uh, introduced us to these last year sometime. And basically, these cards give you a way to, um, to, to sort of put a plan on paper, to say, this is when I'm going to spend time with God. This is where I'm going to spend time with God. Here's how I'm going to do it. It's a way for you to just kind of set some goals for yourself and set a plan for yourself. Feel free to take one of those on your way out today. And then another resource we have is, is this Pray 21 book. We developed this last year um, for Pray 21, our three-week prayer emphasis. And basically, it's just a booklet to help you develop your prayer life. It gives you some, some tips and some pointers. It also gives you several models of prayer. If you're sitting here today and you're saying, um, man, I, I want to pray, but I don't, I don't really know how, this can help you. This can help you do that. And right now, we're, we're in the middle of kind of developing a very similar resource that'll help you learn to develop a time in Scripture. And so be watching for that, but that's a, that's a resource for you to have. There's some here on the platform, and there's some at the welcome desk also. 
Another thing that we have we, in one of our Next Steps classes is called Foundations. And Foundations is a three-week class. The first of those three classes is all about giving you tools to develop your prayer life and develop time in God's Word. And so the next one, shameless plug, yes, I know, is uh, January 20th, two weeks from today. It's at 10 a.m. in the Next Steps room right outside that door. So those are some resources. If you think, if you're, if you're sitting here saying, man, I want to develop uh, some time with God, but I'm not, I don't know how, those are some resources you can take advantage of. And if you're watching online and you're in that position, contact us. Contact our church office, email us, or give us a call or something, and we'll help get some resources to you. How is your time with God? Are you being generous with your time with God? How about your family? Are you being generous with your time with your family, time with your spouse, time with your kids, with your parents, with your loved ones? I went to a conference this past fall, and uh, two of the sessions at this conference were about marriage. And so uh, I went to both of these. I figured if Sarah's going to pick me over Matthew McConaughey, then I, I should try to be a good husband to her, right? And so, but I also thought, well, maybe I can get some things that we can use in the marriage conference that we do. So I went to this, and one of the things the guy said, I've really been feeling convicted about this in our household here lately. He said, he said, develop a regular time with your spouse. And I'm thinking with your kids also. And I'm also thinking even with, even if you're not married and you don't have kids, with your closest family and loved ones. Is there a regular time, and he recommends at least once a week if you're married, do you have a regular time where you spend time with your spouse, with your kids, with your loved ones, with no electronics? Oh, that one hurts, doesn't it? Do you have a regular time that you spend with your spouse or with your kids or with your close loved ones where there are no electronics, no screens whatsoever? Play a game together. Take a walk together. Sit down at the kitchen table after the kids go to bed together. Go get a cup of coffee together. Do something on a regular basis where it's just you and your loved ones and no electronics. I think that's great. That's a great practical thing to do. Uh, one thing that I found last spring, I was, wanting to, I was wanting to figure out how I could spend regular time with each with Sarah and each one of, of our sons, like one-on-one, just like each week. My thought was, okay, this week, I'd like to be able to spend an, an hour or so with just Sarah, and then next week, just an hour or so with Austin, and then Colin, and then Ethan. And I was trying to figure out how I could work that into my schedule. And in our household, I, I, I do most of the grocery shopping, okay? I, I don't know how we got there. Whatever Sarah did, it was ingenious because I didn't even realize that she that, that was doing it, that we were getting there. But, but that's, what, that's where we're at. I do most of the grocery shopping. And so um, I figured out that I could start ordering my groceries online and go pick them up and they load them up in my car for me. I say, that is awesome. Let me tell you, I felt kind of lazy and entitled the first few times, but I got over that quickly. Because that was giving me back an hour to an hour and a half of my week that I was able to turn around and start investing that in my family. And so once a week, all summer, all fall, we've kind of gotten out of that with, with basketball and the holidays, but we'll get back into it. All summer and all fall, every week, for about an hour to hour and a half, that allowed me to spend one-on-one with everybody in my family. Just a practical thing that you can do. Um, check, you know, check out some of those resources. But are you being generous 
with your family? How about your church? Are you being generous with your church, with your time? Maybe for you, maybe the next step is attending more regularly. Maybe if you're watching us online, we've said this before, we're so glad that we have this resource and that you can engage with us online, but I just want to be up front. Our, our hope is that if you live in the Pittsburgh area, that eventually you would come join us. Our hope is that the online experience would just be a, a step in the process of you coming and, and worshiping here with us. So maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe for you, it's just attending here more regularly. Maybe for you, being more generous with your time in regard to your church, maybe that means joining a small group. Maybe that means serving, being involved, contributing in some way. Um, you, know, you can go to our website and you can, you can look up the groups tab and see what groups we offer. You can also look up, there's a tab called Give and Serve. And you can go to that tab at pitnaz.church and you can look up a, a real short description of just about every opportunity to serve that we have in the church. And from right there, you can send an email expressing your interest. It'll go, it'll go to the church office, and it'll go to whoever's in charge of that ministry. And you can sign up right there for something that you're interested in. And by the way, if you're one of those ministry leaders and you get one of those emails, please, 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 I'm begging you, please follow up with that. If they're going to take the time to express interest, make sure you make it a priority to take the time to get back with them. But that's a way that you can serve and and get involved. Maybe that's a way that you can be more generous with your time towards your church. Because I believe this, I've said this at every church I've ever served at, if God has called you to be part of this church family, then he has called you here not just so that you can receive from us, he's called you here so that you can contribute and give back as well. So how can you serve? How can you be generous with your time toward your church? Finally, what about others? People outside your family, outside your church, um, you know, one of the ways that you can give of your time is you can, uh, you can work down at the Lord's Diner. Um, Pitt Naz, once a month on a Sunday evening, we send different groups over there to work. They serve meals, a meal a day to people for, just for free. And so uh, you could get involved with that. Foster care might be a way that you, can, um, that you can give of your time and be generous with your time. How many of you, raise your hand if you're involved in the foster system in any way, you've you do any kind of foster care. We've got a few. We've got a few. The rest of you, keep your hands up. The rest of you, if, you're, if you think that might be something God is calling you to do, to be generous with your time in that way, talk to one of these people who have their hands up, and they can show you probably how to get, get involved. Maybe for you, it's some kind of mentoring, some kind of individual um, discipleship, meeting with somebody. Some of the most rewarding times I've had in ministry over the years have been meeting. There have been different seasons where I've met with guys one-on-one, usually every other week, usually at lunchtime, and just, just try to mentor them, encourage them, kind of pour, my, pour myself, pour some time into them. Maybe for you, you could start asking and start praying, God, would you show me one person that I could start meeting with on a regular basis and give some time to them? I don't know. How can you be generous with your time towards others? God, family, church, and others. Here's the thing. Trying to, be, trying to more generously manage your time in all four of those areas, does that sound kind of overwhelming? It does to me. So here's what I'm asking you to do today. Pick one. 
Pick one area. And if one of those areas, if you say, if you're looking at that list and you say, um, man, there are several of those areas where I think I'm falling short. And one of those areas is your time with God, then start there. If you look at that and say, I'm falling short in all four of those areas, start with your time with God because so many other things flow out of that. Make that your number one priority in how you adjust your time. But if you're doing, if you feel like you're doing fine in that area and you're doing great and you have a regular time with God established, then look at the other three. Pick one, pick one area where you feel like you're falling short and then ask yourself, what's one specific step I can take? What's one decision I can make? Maybe a difficult decision. What's one thing I can do to improve the use of my time in one of these areas? And if one of those areas is your time with God, make that your priority. Maybe for you, you need to look into not spending an hour at the grocery store every week. Maybe for you, that specific step is removing a, an app or a game from your phone because as you think about it, you realize, you, man, every night I sit in my chair and I, and I do this and I could be doing other things. So maybe that needs to be your specific step. Maybe for you, and, I, and this, may, this may touch a nerve, I kind of think this is a nerve that needs to be touched in our culture today, though. Maybe for you and your family, maybe the tough decision you need to make is limiting the number of sports or leagues or teams or other activities that your kids are involved in so that you can use your, your time in other ways. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing out suggestions for you. What's one specific thing you can do or choice you can make in one of those areas to be more generous with your time. And then once you, once you come to that conclusion, don't just write it down. Tell somebody about it. I'm convinced that there is a 100% chance you will not follow through if you don't tell somebody about it. So I'm not asking, I thought about giving you some kind of card to write it down on and, and writing it down is important, but I think t- telling somebody about it is even more important. So begin today to pray and say, God, what's one thing that I can do in one area to make better use of my time, to be more generous with my time? And then once you have that, tell somebody. God, family, church, others. How can you be more generous to God with your time? Start there, always start there. How can you be more generous to your family with your time? How can you be more generous to your church with your time? How can you be more generous with others with your time? How can you be more generous with this very valuable, precious resource that God has given you called time? Because the godly are generous givers and blessed are those who are generous. Would you stand with us? If you'd like to come forward this morning and, and just start praying about this and say, God, how, what, what area do you want to do? I mean, it's, this is all about you, God. So I have my thoughts, but what are your thoughts, God? What do I need to improve in my life? What's one decision I need to make? If you want to come pray about that, if you want to pray about anything else, if you want to pray with, with one of the pastors, Kyle is here, I'm here, Pastor Sean and Brooke are there. But above all else, can we give all of ourselves to God today? Can we give him our whole heart, our whole life and say, God, I surrender everything I have and everything I am to you because he deserves 
all of it.